There's a saying in marketing that a customer needs to be exposed to a product at least seven times before they will choose to try it. Ask any parent or teacher and they will tell you that telling a child seven times is nearly not enough for them to remember an idea, let alone understand it. In the Gospel of John, Jesus spent the first half of his ministry revealing himself to the world and in particular to the apostles. And the second half of his ministry telling his followers time and time again that he must go to Jerusalem to suffer, die, and on the third day he would rise again. Despite telling his followers who he was and what his mission was, Jesus' arrest and crucifixion seemingly took them by surprise. Of the eleven remaining apostles, all but John, the beloved disciple abandoned him, choosing to be anywhere but at Calvary. When Jesus was taken off the cross and put into a tomb, a stone was placed in front of the tomb because the Jewish leaders feared that the followers of Jesus would hide the body of Jesus so they could claim his resurrection. How is it that the Jewish leaders remember that Jesus was to rise? But in looking at the scriptures, we can see that his followers were surprised that he rose. Why? Jesus' followers, especially his apostles, were not expecting a resurrection. For them, the Jesus story was over. He was dead. The first Easter began as a sad day, a day of uncertainty, a day full of fear. Were the Jewish leaders going to come for them? What was next for them? Should they go back to their previous lives? In many ways, this year, the story is the same for many of our brothers and sisters in faith. They are not able to gather in their faith communities to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. They cannot celebrate Jesus' conquest of sin in death, in unity with others, nor in the ultimate act of unity with God, the reception of Jesus' body and blood. On top of this, they are, ex ex they are experiencing a great uncertainty. And the same goes for us. What will come of my summer assignment? Will someone in my family lose a job? Will they lose their home? When will I be ordained? Will I get this disease and die? Will life ever be normal again? For Jesus' first followers, the story then suddenly changed on the morning of the first day. In today's Gospel, Mary Magdalene came to Peter and the beloved disciple and told them the tomb was empty. What did this mean? The three of them go and investigate and find an empty tomb. They find the claws used to wrap Jesus up, neatly folded, and in no one in the tomb. St. John the Evangelist ends today's gospel saying, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. We can point at Jesus' early followers and say, they are dumb. Why didn't they understand? Did they not realize this is the greatest moment in all of human history? Why do they not recall what Jesus told them? Yes, they didn't understand. 
Yes, they fail to see with the eyes of faith, for they do not listen to Jesus' teaching with the ears of faith. It was not until after Jesus' resurrection and he came to them in the upper room and showed them his wounds and re-explained his teachings that they came to understanding of what happened. How do we view the world? Do we view it with hope, knowing it has been redeemed? Do we view it, do we view it with eyes of faith and hear it with ears of faith? Do we see God's presence and his working in the world? Do we remember all that Jesus taught and did? Before Jesus' crucifixion, he told his apostles, Behold, the hour is coming and has arrived when each of you will be scattered to his own home, and you will leave me alone. But I am not alone, because the Father is with me. I have told you this so that you might have peace in me. In the world you will have trouble, but take courage. I have conquered the world. We should hear this passage with our ears of faith and know that Jesus is speaking to us today in 2020. Jesus has conquered the world and sin, death and fear. We can turn to God in our troubles. We have a God who can do all things and is accessible to us. He hears our prayers. We know that God hears all things. We need only to ask for our intentions, and he will be with us and answer us. In our frustrations, fears, and difficulties, we must remember what our sister Catherine of Siena wrote in a letter. You must believe in truth that whatever God gives or permits is for your salvation. Trusting in God, we must believe that God knows what is best and will strengthen us in our trials. We may never understand the reasons for the difficulties in our lives, such as this pandemic, but we must believe that some good will come out of it. And perhaps it may not be a temporal good, but a salvific and spiritual good. God has prepared us for the trials of life. He has given us the gifts of his love, the teachings of his son, as well as, as the teachings of the prophets and the saints. God has sent us the Holy Spirit to dwell with us and to empower us with the graces we need to live each day. The evening of his resurrection, when Jesus showed up in the upper room, he told his followers, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. God says the same thing to us. We are to be at peace by trusting in him. Will life go perfect for us if we trust in God? No, but we will be relieved of a great deal of anxiety, for there is much we cannot control, and it does no good for us to worry. At the time of Jesus' death, his followers did not have the eyes and ears of faith. It was not until after Jesus' return and the performance of signs and the re-explanation of his teachings that they came to understanding of what happened. And it was not until the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, came and dwelled with them that they had the fullness of courage and understanding in order to teach and to preach. As preachers, we are called to do the same. We must preach that God can overcome anything, for he overcame sin and death and gave us the gift of his salvation and eternal life. 
We must preach hope. Not the hope of a better tomorrow or the next day. We must preach the hope of a better forever. We are to preach the hope of eternal life. We must preach the hope of salvation. Are we in a scary time? Yes. But do we have hope? Yes. Our Holy Father, Pope Francis, spoke eloquently last night of hope in his Easter Vigil homily. Jesus' hope is different. He plants in our hearts the conviction that God is able to make everything work unto good, because even from the grave he brings life. Brothers, as we approach the altar today to receive our Savior, may we remember that we are receiving hope. We are receiving strength. We are receiving the gift of life and salvation. May we also remember the great privilege that we possess in these days. May we be mindful of all those who must make a spiritual communion. May we receive the sacrament for them. May we be a sign of hope for them. A sign of hope found in Jesus' resurrection. A sign of hope that nothing is impossible for our God. Going forth, may we ceaselessly preach Christ as our hope to a world which lacks the eyes and ears of faith and needs a constant reminder of who Jesus was, is, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia.